Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I place myself as a servant of the universe to be of service to others. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And the affirmation today is for Jane and I because we're going to be of service to you. <laughs> We've handpicked three questions uh, that you guys have given us. Two came from our private love uh, Facebook group um, and one came through uh, a private email or message, I believe. So we're going to devote, I'd say, 10 minutes to each question today. In this half hour, we're going to cover off these three cosmic questions and I think you're going to have a bit of fun and probably learn something new because they're really cool. I just want to add that affirmation, though, is also for our beautiful listeners because you guys are constantly being of service to others, constantly. Of course. We know you're the healers, teachers, leaders of all of your tribe. Part of the community. That's it. So the first question we'll address today is what is psychic surgery? What's meant by that concept? The second question today is about animals and can our souls pass back and forth between animals and humans in different incarnations? And the third question today is, do men do spirituality different from women? They're good questions, aren't they? <laughs> cool. All right, so psychic surgery. Now, what brought this up for you, Jane? Well, actually, this was posted on our Facebook private group where a, one of our lovely tribe members um, is considering a vasectomy. And I just thought, I love how consciously aware of this process he is. And I posted a very short answer with, you know, one finger typing on the phone while I'm waiting in between meetings, etc. where wanting to say, yes, you go and have whatever surgery you feel in alignment with, which means that you are coming from love and not from fear. Because his concern was, I want to do it for my wife for all sorts of various reasons that are particular to our situation. It feels like the best or only option left to us, but I don't want to cut through auras, disrupt energy, harm my body, do something invasive and surgical if I don't have to. That was basically his his what he was opening up, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. To the group. Yes, yes. And so I thought it would be really good to answer this because a lot of people face decisions where they really have chosen to have surgery of any type. And I thought, you know, get comfortable with it first. Get in vibrational alignment with what's going on. If you're having something cut out, get comfortable with it. Love the process. Get really high vibration about it. But my understanding from doing an energetic healers workshop, or was more than a workshop, it was 12 days up in Uluru with the Adelaide Healing Energy Centre, learning about this stuff was... The aura, the body, of course, continues so much far beyond our flesh and blood of what we can physically see and touch. And many people, of course, can see auras quite comfortably. And that's my dog barking in the background. So please excuse that. <laughs> Hi, Nalia. And so what I found was that I learnt was that the aura gets, it gets damaged. Now, it gets tears in it from emotions. It gets tears in it from substance abuse. It gets tears from being around toxicity and being around too many other people too long. It's an it's another part of our body that needs to be cared for, loved, nurtured, and well looked after. And so psychic surgery is repairing the damage that is done to the aura. When you've got a surgeon, not a psychic surgeon, a physical surgeon that is waving around all through your aura, knives and, you know, gizmos that cut and tear and do damage. Um 
but another way, of course, of psychic surgery being being done is with energy healing, Reiki, um, the reconnection process, any of the off-the-body or on-the-body energy workers mm. can work and heal the aura. What's your take on it all, Miss oh. Psychic Insulettos? Well, I was going to go back just to the question in the group, first of all, because um, I put a couple of replies in that, but I don't know if you saw them because they were hidden. Oh, I under, haven't. They were hidden under other Under other replies. comments, yeah. right. Okay, yes. And Because I just wanted to also raise the point that Abraham always makes, which is, is quite liberating, actually. Abraham basically says, look, Contrary to what we're led to believe in this lifetime with the billion-dollar campaigns that are out there to anti-smoking, anti-drug campaigns, put your seatbelt on, don't eat trans fats, etc. Abraham basically says, do whatever you want because it's all about your vibrational relationship with ease or disease. If you want to smoke 100 cigarettes a week, and some people live to 100 and they do because they have achieved a pretty clear charge on that relationship with them and the nicotine. They don't have any fear in their body about every time they pick one up they think it's going to kill me, right? Other people do eat shit food and, you know, I don't know, maybe if you ran them through a bunch of medical tests they wouldn't be as healthy but they look skinny and they seem fine and they don't die, they don't get high cholesterol and they don't have heart attacks. And it must be because, it is not must be, and we know it's because of their vibrational relationship with what they're doing. They have a clean take on it. You know that it's possible to have sex with no contraception. Again, I don't recommend this for rookies, but I'm just telling you that high degree of mastery of vibration is have sex with no protection, never get pregnant. Why? Because you pray to the goddess of menstruation. You, 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 you put all your energy into concentrating on that monthly period. You don't have sex thinking, oh, my God, I hope I don't get pregnant or you'll get pregnant. You have sex thinking, I have a safe, healthy, natural cycle, and I always bleed on the 28th day of every month. And there it is. So it's about controlling your environment. So if this lovely man in the group feels that the best decision that he and his wife have come to after many probably years and hours of conversation is that he wants to take have a vasectomy, as long as he's got a peaceful charge around that, go and do it. I agree. You'll heal Beautiful. fast, rapidly, no problem. Absolutely. You know, I've heard people, like, I'm thinking of getting a, I haven't told you this, Jane, I'm thinking of getting a tattoo on my finger. And um, Yes, you have. Did I tell you that? Yeah, we were up in the Gold Coast. Oh, and you got, I said, I said to Beck, hey, instead of getting the permanent one, go and get one of those airbrushed fake ones of what you want. Temporary. And then see if you like it. And if you like it, then you go get the permanent one. Yes, that's right. You you were the first person who knew my secret, actually. So I'm thinking. <laughs> now you all do. Yeah, now everyone knows. I'm thinking of getting this tattoo. And I went into a tattoo parlor and straight away they were like, oh, we don't tattoo any fingers ever. We don't tattoo hands and feet ever because it washes off and da 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 And I thought to myself, yeah, but not if that's not my reality. And I went online and I found lots of people with tattoos on their fingers who love them and have had them for years with no touch-ups. What do you mean there's none on fingers? You think of all the, the bikies that have love, hate on each and hand. And Miley Cyrus has got about six on each hand, like on all her fingers, like lots of celebrities do as well. Anyway, the point is it's about your relationship with it. But if we then move into actual psychic surgery as opposed to invasive medical physical surgery, when I was younger and I used to do a lot more what they'd call classic old school hippie new age stuff, which is crystals, pendulums, cards, Reiki. And I would practice a lot on friends and family and I'd lie them down on the bed with the face hole and I'd do Reiki on them for an hour. And I discovered chakras that way. I never learned about chakras. I found them because I realized people had these colors going on. 
I saw angels and spirit guides that way when I, you know, just almost by accident. And the other thing that I figured out was that I could do psychic surgery. And again, that wasn't something I, I read about until much later. But when I go into the zone of somebody's energetic grids and layers and auras, and I don't even know what I'm doing. Let's be clear here. I can't even language it. All I do is I put Rebecca aside, I bring in a higher power, and I channel a session. And when I do that that kind of work in people's energy fields on their bodies, I'll often come across an old energetic memory that the body's holding like a wound. And often it's very literal, like a past life. Like I'll, I'll be on someone's back and I'll be like, oh, a spear's gone in. Oh, like a spear once went in here for you. Like it's it's gone in here or a dagger here. And the person will say, oh, that's funny. I've got a mole there. Ta-da. They always do. Um, so I can often find where the body still has a state of static, almost disruption in the in the energy cells around that that place because the body remembers the trauma that went in there, which is connected to the emotion that hasn't been released, forgiveness for the perpetrator or betrayal or whatever the emotion was. Now, other times when I do psychic surgery, again, I'm, I'm not going looking for it, but I'll find it's more of, I guess, what you could call maybe a chakra block or an emotional block, for example, the throat chakra. The person, I find that their throat's really closed and tight. They can't speak their truth. So I'll do a lot of work clearing there. And literally, I will find myself doing things like imagining picking up scalpels, scissors, knives, cutting, removing, digging out, brushing away, cleaning with my fingernails, scraping off, peeling back all energetically. And I'll often call in Archangel Michael for that kind of work because you can say, you know, Archangel Michael, please bring me a pair of golden scissors and snip this cord that this person has to that other person. Or please come in and now that I've dug out that that bullet or that shrapnel out of the back of that man's neck, can you come in and just heal over the layers of whatever? It, it's like an energetic skin, really, to just, just make that wound come good again. Um, so that's my personal experience of psychic healing. You've just brought surgery. back memories, a couple of memories there. One of when I was learning how to do that stuff was, you know, giving the injection of anaesthetic. <laughs> I know. Energetically. Energetically. Yeah, yeah. Now, I have to confess... I never felt anything. So my thing is that I'm not meant to. My well, gift is to connect an as an empath. Yeah. Emotionally, it's I'm not meant to. That's just not my thing. Having said that, I also once was doing a YouTube channel with a friend of mine um, and we recorded different healing modalities. So I had the privilege of recording her having a Reiki session. Did you? And yeah, and now you don't. Yeah, you don't often get to see what goes on. You're having it done to yourself. Your eyes are closed. It's going on. I'm watching it, and she was pulling out. It was like an octopus. Correct coming out and I'm going oh my god it freaked me out endless and I found that too sometimes you need to do 10 to 15 minutes of work on one area and it can be it could be things like pulling out ropes of stuff yeah long worms worms. I don't really want to give you all these horrible Mm -hmm. visuals in your body it's amazing though you know clearing it it, they can't I've seen them in so many different textures and formats of the cleanup jobs you have to do on people it is fascinating it is isn't it let's move on to the next question so um a lovely listener I think emailed or direct messages direct message this to us and it goes like this do our animals experience the same thing and she's talking about um the way that we we incarnate and travel between lives she's saying can souls travel between beings i.e can i have been an animal or various animals in my past lives jane that's a really cool question isn't it i'm going to say i'm not sure however i absolutely believe that anything is possible so i'd be more likely to believe than 
disbelief. Yeah. I definitely know that souls travel to the other side, um, absolutely, of, of animals because I've been able to connect with them when I've been channeling for people. So I know that that's a given. Like animal whispering you're talking about, being able to commune with animals. No, no, no. On the other side, they've died. Yeah. When the animal has died. Then you speak to the animal's soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it's somebody's horse coming in. Or like pets that have passed over. Yes, yes, absolutely. Are they a horse on the other side? No, I don't think they are. Ooh. I know. That's cool. I think that we actually get to be lots of things. I think I've probably been everything. I think there's, I think. Well, I know one of our Love Life listeners says that her eight-year-old daughter is a unicorn. So oh, I love that. Yeah, interesting, isn't I it? I love that. You know, I really want, there's people that can see dragons. Yeah. I really want to see a dragon. That'd be fucking cool. I it? really want to. I, I'll let you know when I do. I've Bucket always, I guess because I read a lot of traditional, again, new age books when I was younger, and they would always sort of say things like, oh, no, only humans stay reincarnating as humans and animals are a separate thing. And I know that, for example, in Theta Healing, you know, I once in one episode of this show went through all the different planes of existence that Vianna Stabal channeled, and she believes that animals... Oh, hang on. No, she puts animals and humans in the same dimension. But, again, I don't think there's a belief that we incarnate in between each other. However, I... I've also heard – now, I don't know if this is an offshoot of Buddhism or if this is somebody's own made-up theory, but the someone once said to me that their grandmother believed that you begin as something very small like a, you know, a cellular organism and then you progress up to an ant or a bug and then you got to a grasshopper and then you got to a mouse and then you got to a dog and then you got to a horse and then you got to a tiger and then you got to a human and on it goes, right? Now, I think that's a bit clunky and a bit literal, but I think it's – bit of fun it's, it is cute isn't it i've also heard that um your soul can be fragmented that's the other thing and I that's to probably say. more what i believe soul is fragments. That, you know what journey would i get from coming back and being my puppy dog yeah well awesome lifestyle yeah gotta tell you quite frankly <laughs> cats and dogs have great lives often but you know also coming back and being an abused animal etc yeah but I also think that's a part of the fragmented soul that, soul that goes in. But maybe that's naive thinking, well, because we're human, our souls are really big and because they're little, our souls are really little. You know, that's kind of a – it's one of those things like you can't think of where the end of the universe is. You and just can't get your head around it. spiritual hierarchy, like we're better than because we're in this form than they are yeah, in that form. And yeah. it's, it's not true. So when I was – But 20- what, what about those animals that put their hand up and say, well, I'm going to be a, a part of an abused – tribe of animals for the awareness of yeah the planet that's you know? right i'm going to be in the slaughterhouse as a yeah. pig or a yeah, chicken yeah, or a, yeah um so when i was 23 and i was doing a lot of net back in sydney when i was working there as a journalist and discovering soul searching and doing that sort of thing it came up somehow around that time my parents when i would fly back home to adelaide to visit mum and dad they had this new cat it was actually the neighbor's cat but they'd adopted it there was no problem with this cat it was a perfectly normal nice cat but I used to lock it outside for hours and it would sit in the window and look at me and I'd look at it and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't let it in. I know, it's awful, isn't it? And, and so, You've got some karma coming for that one. Well, so I did a bit of investigative research, didn't I, with my NET and some psychic friends at the time and it was put to me that there was a fragment, a soul fragment in that cat of an ex-husband of mine who I did not like. Oh, wow. So I was locking him out of the house, getting back for it. Wow. So, who knows? Soul fragments are complicated things. And I have definitely known people who've, felt, who've had such close relationships with their pets. You know, okay, so my close friend 
has two dogs who've been with her through every trial and trauma she's been through in her life for the last 15 years. Those dogs are her life and blood and soul because they, they're the two that have been there, right? And the older dog is like her father. He will bark at her when she does something he does he doesn't like like if she's on her phone for too long or if she, she goes out late for a date or he'll let her know it's inappropriate so what is that he's got like a personality in him of almost like a human you know kind of protective but stern dad like, well I find it fascinating that my little puppy dog Nalia as you know who joins us on the love life couch every week um is a completely different personality with the four members of our family yeah. to each one, yet each one gets what it is that they want from her, yeah. which I think is amazing. But you just remind me, okay, this is a bit weird and out there, but I just saw on TV recently a girl that's just married the Eiffel Tower. Oh, that that's a condition, and I forget, yes. and I forget what it's called, and they're obsessed well, with what is that? They're obsessed with cars and, and walls. And she was genuinely and, in yeah, love. Genuine. Love yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's. I saw a documentary on it once. It's, so therefore, can a soul go into a building, into a, a, a hardcore well, dimensional, what, what, what if, vibrational? What if we put it yes. this way? It would hold a lot of vibration, and maybe she's connecting with the vibration that it's holding. Because a lot of people have put a lot of meaning into something like the Eiffel Tower. Well, that's like an imprint, isn't it? Correct. Energetic imprint. Correct. It's the same as I feel going to certain places up in the hills or people's houses with certain well, rooms. Like Rue. Well, yeah, and feeling like, oh, my God, I just want to be here. This feels amazing. This makes me feel so happy or connected, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, one last thing on the topic I'll just say. I was having dinner with my children the other night and this I don't know how this came up, but I said to my seven-year-old son something about, um, oh, I just said to him, what do you, who do you think you've been in past lives, Tom? Expecting him to say, oh, you know, your dad, mum, or your husband, or I've been a, you know, a Viking, or I've, and he said to me, I don't know, probably a bird. And I thought, oh, that's very interesting. The oh. first thing he went to was an animal. So he's obviously totally fine with the concept of passing back in and out of animal cells. Yeah. And I do remember reading a long time ago online as well. In a, in a forum called Open Sesame where people used to share all their past life memories, that one guy went on and said, I have memories of flying, spreading my wings and looking down over a very green earth and just being at freedom and nature and being obviously an animal in that environment. So why not? Cool. Very cool. All right, so the third question, which is the meatiest, do men do spirituality different from women? I love this one. Thanks, Peter. Shout out to Peter. Hi, Peter. Peter from our Love Life Tribe. We are name dropping you. Hi, Peter. We are because he's amazing. <laughs> he contributes so much to our, our private group. Um, I think this is such a cool question. I don't think there's one answer fits all. I think that you're going to find like anything that there's a wide range of, of all correct answers to this question. However, my experience has been to generalize, has been that men will come to spirituality in a different way to women, how they enter it. So many women will enter it through a fascination with fortune tellers or psychics or... Um, I'm taking my child to a naturopath, like yes, that kind yes, of stuff. Yes, that's right. So they come through like wellness through to spirituality perhaps. Mm. Um, men, there's two ways I've seen come through. One is often... It's through their first emotional trauma. So their marriages break up or long-term relationships break up. They experience emotional pain perhaps for the first time. They go into fear. They start getting into a bit of self-development. or So they come to it through conscious self-development. So they start searching for podcasts or uh, reading books or attending courses on, you know, how to be happy, that kind of more simplistic thing. Yeah. Um, or... 
a lot of men come to spirituality through yoga. So they are the corporate world, they're stressed out, their employers have told them, you've got to do yoga, we've got lunchtime yoga three days a week. And they start moving into meditation and through the quietness of the body, through the yoga to the meditation, to gathering, becoming inquisitive about what is possible and connecting through the universe through that way. The third way I see all the time with men, this is very common too, is through Buddhism. Men tend to, in general, really agree with the philosophy around Buddhism. And the fourth way, which is the way my husband did, despite the fact that he lies next to me in bed where I'm, you know, totally there uh, vibrationally, um, he came through it through the land. You know, it was his respect and connection with nature. With nature. So that's what I've observed for, for, for men to come through. Mm. So it's often through a different connection to what I've experienced typically women will do. What about you, Beck? Yeah, there seems to be this belief in the spiritual world, which is all these seminars are full of women. All these Facebook groups and newsletters and audiences and they're all female followers. Where are the men? Why is it only women who are doing the work? Why is it only women who are into self-help and, you know, or predominantly huge numbers? And I don't know if any of you out there have ever gone to a weekend away or a seminar or a retreat or a talk, unless it's someone doing really, like, for example, like Don Don Tolman Tolman would be 50-50. He's talking about food so yeah. that's different yeah but if we're talking about deep, and also he's a blokey bloke you know he's, a, he's a, a texan cowboy so there's always going to be more wellness-based examples of kind of eating thinking and moving people that are going to attract more kind of male female skew but if you're just going into the spiritual the psychic and the emotional it's all chicks like you might get one really nice guy up the back or somebody's sweet husband who's there like when i went and saw oprah and the one of the first things she did was make a joke with the audience about okay where's the bloke stand up let's give a round of applause <laughs> to the token males who've shown up and she said something was made some dragged joke. here by yeah. their wives she made some joke about how you know how um to back to the wife like what is it about you owe he you owe him like huge favors. This man is going to be getting sex for weeks for coming to my show because he's going to put up with being here and all these ladies. Um, so there's this belief that where are the men? It's almost like this indignant against self-righteous like last week's episode. We're, you know, we're doing all this work and there's all these really evolved spiritual queens out there now looking for their kings, but there are no kings. There's just a bunch of stunted men out there in society not really doing anything who haven't really you know caught up to the rest of this language the way the rest of us have. And I'm dating now spiritually and there's no one out there who's spiritually enough, like spiritual enough male for me. And then I'm, I hear that all the time at work. You would. And then there's this other backlash, like a couple of the articles I've seen on Elephant Journal, which say things like, why I never date spiritual men. And it's like, they're flaky, they're not masculine, they're ungrounded, they're all juju, like, and, and I just want a man, like I want a salt of the earth, old fashioned bloke to open the door for me and, you know, pick me up and save me from zombies. You know, I don't want him to be all doing crystals with me. And I have to admit, I actually fall into that camp a little bit <laughs> like this. And I guess this leads me to my final point, which is women have always been more, if you like, uh, I, hang on. I've got to be careful how I say this. I think it's always been more natural for women to embody certain emo- emotions and virtues, which have to do with 
the concepts we connect, we, we, we relate to worshipping and religion and sacredness and the universe inside our wombs and the creators of life and the mother and then Mother Earth and Mother Nature, like we tend to more easily just correlate with that. Whereas men have always been the doers, the builders, the fixers, the creators, etc. like in that sort of physical, tangible, real world sense. So my question is, why does that need to change? Why do we need to make them textbook spiritual? Why do they have to, quote, unquote, have spirituality? What the fuck is spirituality anyway? Well, they don't, do they? They they are the head people. That is the masculine. And the feminine is the heart, which please refer to our previous podcast where... Correct. Last week's podcast where we talked just about that. And this is where it comes down to is men are being spiritual, if you want to call it that, just by really being true to their masculine vibration because that's all we need to balance out this great game. And, you know, it's not about proving like, oh, I did this seminar or I learnt this this skill, I've got a certificate in this or I, you know. It's not about that because I come from a family of very deeply ethical, moral, good, upstanding citizen men, none of them religious, all atheist. So my grandparents, my husband and the closest male in my life at the moment none of them have ever identified with any formal religion whatsoever but they they are all non-judgmental they're accepting they're allowing they're peacekeeping they're harmonious they, you know they've still mm. got all the exact same qualities exactly that they, catholicism well, that's actually teaching what i was going to say is that you know well, what is spirituality therefore yes. we've got to ask that question in this context and for me what it is 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 two things one being consciously aware so that you are owning your own stuff that you are the creator of whatever is going on in your world and that magic happens you know and however you come to believe that is is up to the individual so my husband, for example, totally believes that he manifests everything that happens in his life. That's all I need from him. Spiritually, that's all I need. Um, and where are the men? They are doing the courses. I've got to tell you that all of the podcasts that I put out through Social Aid is the matchmaking thing. I know more men open those emails and listen than the women. They are emailing me. The difference is they learn in private. They don't discuss it. They're not interested in being in a room and being workshopped. They're not interested in having to articulate what they feel because women dance rings around them and they can't keep up with women being able to articulate it. They just know what they feel. They listen, they learn, they experiment, they know. And let me draw back an ancient analogy. Women go in groups. Women perform best in red tents, in covens, in sisterhoods, in temples. Men are hermits, they're monks, they're the guru on the mountain. Men go into their caves. Men do do it more alone. You know, even when they're in the army, it's it's just that kind of, it's that survivalist warrior instinct. It's that, it's that personal man's journey with adventure and quest and self. It's the hero's journey and that's the male journey. And women do congregate. So maybe if you're to look around groups and say, but there's no men here, maybe we're looking in the wrong space to look for evidence that men are doing just as much work as women. I also want to share that one of the things I have seen happen over the past 10 years, which excites me a lot, is that when a conscious woman starts dating, let's say, an unconscious man, she can be the signpost, the catalyst, the trigger for him to move into self-development, self-ownership, whatever words you want to use, spirituality, whatever. And I've watched women who have spent decades, 20, 30 years, 
self-development, reading the books, doing the courses, etc., to get to the place that they are currently in, I've watched men get to the same point within a few months. When the light switch goes off and the man is ready, it's kind of funny. They kept well. I remember being quite annoyed. Actually, I was quite pissed off when it first started happening yeah. because I thought, "Are you kidding me? I've been doing this forever, and you are so either my equal or superior to me mm. in certain areas of their knowledge that they've picked up in six months." Yeah. However, I'm now excited by it. So that was I went through my little. I'm upset by that. That's not fair. Little inner child tantrum. Got through that, and for the past, you know, seven eight years, I've actually been really excited to see it because fast evolution, fast fast growth, self empowerment is exciting for everybody. So, do men do spirituality different from women? Yes, they do. Do we all end up at the same place? Probably. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I place myself as a servant of the universe to be of service to others. And we are of service to you here at The Love Life Show. If you need anything answered in your life, go back through our archives because you can guarantee that we have recorded it at some stage. It will be covered off. We have a search bar for a reason. Go to lovelifeshow.com, go down the right-hand side of the page, find that search bar and type in whatever you want. We've got how to say no. We've got guilt-free boundaries. We've got facing fears. We've got, you know, panic and anxiety there. We've got shadow work. We've got inner child work. We've got self-acceptance, self-love and self-worth, separate episodes on all of them. We've got meditation. We've got everything you can think of if you comb back because we are, what are we now, Jane? 198. We're getting up to 200. So we have a real full library now of a huge range of topics that, that you can start at the beginning and listen all the way through or pick and choose as you need to assist yourself on your onward journey. So until this time next week, have a bit of fun still having a look at some of your own psychic questions in your life and ever deepening and ever growing and ever exploring and ever evolving the soul that you are. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening And it's a beautiful day